Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Look, it's not your team. It's you. Welcome in, everybody, to the last show of 2020 of It Is Not Your Team, It Is You, here on the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Tyler Cohn. And I'm your host, Haley Graves. And I'm so excited, Haley, to do our last show of 2020. Um, we can made it. We made it. <laughs> we made um, it. We finally made it. Uh, the show is presented to you, of course, by betonline.ag. Uh, as you guys know, the playoffs are coming up in college football and in pro football. I know we're all waiting to see who's going to win the NFC East. So if you're feeling uh, frisky with your money, go put some uh, bucks down on the boys or the Washington football team. Uh, they got game spreads, totals, team player and coaching props. And of course, you guys know they have the online casino open 24-7. So head on over to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Last show. Cannot Last show. It. Here we go. We're already in the midst of this thing. It's crazy the way our schedule's been set up that Bowl season just started like right away. Usually we have like a few weeks to prepare. Right. But it just jumps right into it. That's I know that's what we were talking about. Like this weekend is college football playoff. It's, yeah, it's great. It's like right here. Usually, yeah, we, we get a month to prepare. We're ready. You know, we make plans to go to the game if you're one of those teams or a fan of that yep. team. Not the case. We're just, we're just going to hit the ground running. So as we're doing this show on a Tuesday, we're doing this right before the first bowl of uh, the week, the Cheez-It Bowl. So we're going to try and get this yep. out to you guys so you can listen to the show right up to kickoff. I know <laughs> all of you are tuning in to that barn burner of a ball game. Hey, and I know that we, we tried to do this Monday night. Things on my end didn't work out, but I know it's really because you wanted to get this done so you can watch that Alamo Bowl with Texas and Colorado. I, I, I have to, you know, it's great. It's, gonna be, it's I, I appreciate, I hate everything about it already. Number one, I, I first on the show today, we're going to talk about everything uh, from the weekend. Of course, we're right. going to talk about Coastal Carolina, Liberty, yada, yada. Uh, we got your favorite moments from the year, the best overreactions, and then we're going to break down a majority of the bowl games, the ones we deem important than the playoffs. Yep. But yes, the Alamo Bowl. Thank you, Big 12, for nothing. Thank you, Texas, for a horrible season. And it's going to be Big 12 after dark. This game is starting at like uh, 8 o'clock. It's going right, to be go like six, midnight. It's 6 here. Can you – what are the odds, truthfully, of Sammy deciding to come back? Since, remember, y'all, all college football players get another year of eligibility by playing this year. Well, Sam hasn't said anything yet. I don't think he's going to stay, honestly. I know, but I, um, but I feel like it's weird that he hasn't said anything, right? I do. Because, and, and because of that fact, and a lot of other people have, uh, you know, so many people have opted out, not only from this bowl game, but uh, earlier right. on in the season that are going to be, some will be high draft picks like Joseph Osai and Sam Cosme. Uh, yep. the, we, Texas has had like six or seven dropouts since then. Um, right. Sam, I think it's 50-50. I, I, I really do think... Um, not to be too tinfoil hat guy, I don't think the coaching situation at Texas is done yet. And I think Sammy might be thinking the same thing. That right. If there I mean, be... and there's, there's no timetable or no pressure for no. him. The only downside I would say is, like, is this hindering him getting an invite to, say, the Senior Bowl or one of those types of situations where he'll get, you know, draft prospects and to – he'll be one of those guys, you know, they get invited to something like that. That's the only thing that I feel like maybe it, that he's like losing out on by not saying anything yet, but also I could totally see it being a situation where he sees how this bowl game kind of 
goes through. And, you know, he's the type of guy like that last home game, his last time that he played in a Texas uniform didn't necessarily go his way. So I feel like maybe he's just trying to end his career on a good note. I think so. And he can. It's an odd situation for Texas. If you're uh, just a casual fan of college football and you look at Longhorns, right. they're six and three. Tom Herman has an opportunity to win his fourth bowl game. Sam, Sam Ellinger would tie Pat White, and uh, I think there's maybe one or two others, for winning every bowl game their entire career. Right. So you're like, well, what's wrong? There's a ton wrong. Uh, when you have opt-outs at the University of Texas this season, these are not kids. I mean, they're hoping to go to the draft, and they're planning on it, and they're working on it. There's, there's one first-round draft pick on that team. One, maybe right. two. Uh, that first one would be Joseph Asai, who was uh, yep. All-American uh, defensive end. Sam Cosme fell down uh, the, the, the rankings this year at left tackle. So there's not a lot. So when people are leaving and jumping the ship like that, it ain't because they're so talented. It's because the leadership right. at the top, which has been the story of Texas. So long story short, yeah, Sam Ellinger is coming back. Texas getting Urban Meyer. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Liberty beat Coastal Carolina. That's the biggest story thus far from the bowl season. And all of us are like, well, really? Coastal? We, we put all our hopes and dreams in you that you would finish the season undefeated, and that didn't happen. And it happened in really bad fashion. Right. Unfortunately, they just kind of proved the point that group of five is just not – it's just not it. And they just kind of solidified – even the playoff committee's reasoning for keeping them where they were. And that's just what kind of bums me out about it is, you know, because I almost feel as if they would have, you know, in a hypothetical world that the college football playoff would have been expanded and they would have had a shot at, you know, in Alabama or whatever. I feel like they might've played a little harder and we would have gotten a little more grit out of them, but this being the last game, wasn't really much to it I just feel like it was just a lackluster performance and almost just a misstep by Coastal I don't think that that game says who they are and what kind of team they are but it's just unfortunate that that's the way they finish and you know tipping the hat to Liberty because that was a hell of a win hell of a season for those guys and you know Hugh Freeze is there until 2024 allegedly, allegedly. so yeah. be so maybe Liberty is a team to look out for in the coming years I think, you, I think you nailed it. It was kind of that SEC thing of like, if you like, you know, what we see Georgia do in a bowl game every year, that if they didn't get to the right. top, then it doesn't really matter. And for Coastal, you can see that. Like their, yeah. their name, Coastal Carolina, was spoken by the nation over. Yeah. That's, that's a big deal. And your reward for that was Liberty. So yes. yeah, I, I wouldn't be getting up for that game either. By the way, if anybody got to see that game, it ended kind of like BYU, just it was by inches, like a block. Right field goal that was it right that was that was a great right. game um but that's a bummer and, and to all the people that are like you know you're right about yes the group of five but to the like seacoastals overrated they're not overrated it's a really good no. football team and i think yeah like that's what i'm saying this on. yeah this bowl game doesn't justify what they did and what kind of caliber team they no. were they were in a lackluster bowl game and the team showed up and played lackluster that exactly was it. um yeah. So there's other news on the front. De'Ara King coming back to Miami was kind of the big news from the weekend on, on player it's front. Which, huge. Which makes sense when you look at the quarterbacks that are going to be coming out this year. That was my, that was my exact thought. Right. He is in a prime position to 
be the best in not only the ACC, but also the caliber team that they have. They're right on the cusp of breaking through and having something special. And so by him coming back puts even more confidence in that team. And I think it says a lot about the program, what they have going on there. And, you know, Miami, I don't think this year we thought they had a chance to be back, back in air quotes. But I think next year might be a year that we really see Miami finally break through and be a, a solid top 10 team. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and if you look, yeah, you look at that quarterback class, you got Kyle Trask coming out, Mac Jones, right. most likely Justin Fields, most likely Trevor Lawrence going to the Jaguars now. Um, right. So, yeah, it's like, where does King fit in in that? It's a smart move, like you yeah. said, make more money. Um, you know, Notre Dame's not going to be in the ACC next year. So you got to show Right. Exactly. Exactly. Two, it's a good move. So that's, that's exciting. If you're like your only competition is Sam Howell. Well, and DJU. Let's not forget Clemson still Okay, is, no, you're exists. right. I mean, yes. you're but, right, but, you're but right. You're, but DJU still has lots of proof. Like, he's yeah. going to be missing weapons. Uh, you know, Travis Etienne right. is going on to the next level. So we'll see. So you're right. Amari Rogers is out. So. That's true, yes. Yeah, I so, mean, but Clemson, yeah. Clemson's one of those programs that is just going to churn out talent, or you would like to think that they're going to. So, yes, Clemson likely won't make a step. But in hindsight, without a proven quarterback, coming in for Clemson, it's a smart move for Derek King to come back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I respect which, which it. Is, which is exciting. We get to see another year of him. You expect him to get better. And, right. yeah, it's fun to watch Miami football again. Um, yeah. And then the Music City Bowl got canceled. Uh, yes. I know everybody was on pins and needles waiting to see that game. Ooh, so pumped for Missouri, Iowa. Iowa, yeah. Um, so that canceled, obviously, due to COVID. So yeah. as we uh, get into our bowl previews here in a bit, Haley, that's yep. our preface. Is like, we're going to, we think we know what's going to happen, but we honestly have no idea. More people Right, I mean, I mean. Right, Music City was supposed to, for, for, for reference for everyone, Music City was supposed to be played tomorrow on Wednesday of this week. So that could so, be happening, yeah. With so the like there's still very high chance that, um, you know, games are still canceled. But Absolutely. that's 2020, that's the name of the game. And that's, we've been flying by the seat of our pants this whole season, might as well do it well into the bowl game. That's right. The only games that will happen, hopefully on time, uh, but if not, it will be the playoffs. They will yeah. reschedule that. That will happen. Everything else is off the table. And we will get to it, but I'm pretty sure, not pretty sure, the Big Ten did bend yet another rule for those of you who don't know in that that 21 window because I want to say what, Ohio State had 22 players not play in the Big Ten championship game. And given the rules that the Big Ten wrote, they had that 21-day window that they could not play. However, like they've done for Ohio State all season long, they've been the rules. They said, okay, you can play in the playoffs. So there's yeah. that. Well, Haley, they got to get Chris Olave back. We're not doing this thing without all of our boys. So of I course, hate Ohio State. Of course they got to be back. I, <laughs> I hate them. Yes. You know, it's like I, I always, anytime I use the word hate, the thing that chimes in my mind is, well, you know, Haley, hate is a very strong word. Yes, I'm aware. Yes, I'm using it in the same <laughs> sentence with Ohio State. Hate. <laughs> That's the best thing about college football. That's what fuels college football is hatred. If we didn't yes. have hatred, the sport would not exist. And because it's hatred like that, that's so random. It's like, you just explained my favorite thing about college sports is that right. on paper, A&M has no reason to hate the University of Ohio State. But now they no. do from now into eternity. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh. It's just, I'm just so, the way, like, I'm just so bothered by them. Everything about them, I'm just so bothered by 
it's, 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 it's like the, that's the only way I can describe it is when you just, when your skin crawls, when yeah. you hear like the name of something and you're just so turned off and bothered, that's how I feel about Ohio State. I'd love that. I, I'd love that you are bothered. I don't mean to be too much of like a, a big shot <laughs> guy, but I enjoy you being bothered by it. It's great. Never, it was not on my bingo card at the beginning of the year. Right. Aggies, well, I neither. Guys. Mine neither. <laughs> um, but that was part of the season. And there were so many good moments from the season, right. despite how difficult this year was. The fact that we even got to do this show and that Believe, you know, made this platform for us, that you took the time uh, to be a part of this, Haley. It's been, that's been one of my favorite moments of the year is being able to do this show with you uh, and everybody that got involved on our text line, sent us voicemails and, and followed along with the show. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah. And it, was a, it I mean, was a special season. I mean, it was a lot of the same at the top, but so much change uh, this, throughout the rest of it. This season was a season that just felt like a train running off the tracks and it never found its way back. That's what this whole entire season has felt like. Just nonstop chaos and that's the only way that you can describe it it's going to be a season that i truly never ever forget mostly because of you big 10 i will never forgive you for this i already did not like the big 10 because they think they're better than the sec and this whole year proved that you never will be the sec and i will forever dislike you they're 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 dead to me dead to me written off i will never uh, i will never even I, I almost got to the point that I could appreciate them as a conference and acknowledge the talent and the type of play that they have and, you know, the longevity and the culture and everything that comes with the Big Ten. But no, this season, they're done. I will never, ever respect that conference ever again. I have more respect for the Pac-12 now than what I do for the Big Ten as a whole. Those are fighting words. And I got to say, it's true. Um, what's going to happen to you when Ohio State wins a national championship this year? Is that They're not. Just, what if, but no, 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 will, but entertain it for a second, for just a second, what if that happens? Honestly, I will be done with college football. <laughs> everything, no, like seriously, because everything that runs true with college football and what makes it so great is that at the end of the day, the rights or the wrongs are always righted. That's not great English or grammar, but it is okay. like, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, okay, like growing up, I played volleyball. Right. And if something bad happened then, or you didn't get a call your way, like we always said, the ball gods or the ball never lies. Well, I like to believe that that's rings true for college football as well, that there are these college football gods that make sure that order stays what it is and at the end of the day everyone gets what they deserve and trust me when we preview this in a little bit ohio state is going to get what they deserved and that is not coming from a good place we will see i like that and i totally believe in that the the college football gods are real absolutely yes. real um yes. and, and they they're mysterious in their ways uh we don't know yep. exactly uh motive or reason but it, it it works out that way byu this year one of my favorite moments was hopping on twitter begging for a game <laughs> saying we'll take our show on the road yeah. we'll beat anybody and little coastal carolina down in myrtle beach yep. said we'll take that action and then they beat that and yep. that was one of the best moments of the year it was it was the game of the year mormons mullets it showed us so much hey they gave you and i hope that we can schedule these exciting games during yeah. the season 
if you need an extra game, we were hoping it for Texas A&M. Yeah. It didn't happen. Ohio State are a bunch of cowards. Um, <laughs> That'll be the story, the narrative going forward. But, you know, and I mean, same thing for me. I think it's more of like, it was the games that were just so satisfying. Like, I am feeling satisfied this season because of teams like Indiana that oh, God, no yeah. one no one expected them to be what they ended up being and being able to see those programs you know really start to take off and lay the groundwork and in a year like 2020 where it's so much uncertainty we've said it from the get- beginning we've said it this entire season that culture matters and i think the teams with the best cultures and the best locker rooms that believe in the coaches and fight for their coaches. Those are the teams that we saw come out truly victorious. And while Indiana definitely got snubbed and definitely got overlooked because their big brother, Ohio state got everything handed to them. It doesn't take away from the fact of what Indiana did as a program where they can go as a program. I think that a lot more teams should buy into them. And on that same front, like I feel so satisfied with where Texas A&M is. At the beginning of this year, I was uneasy. I was nervous because they originally had a great schedule that was going to set them up for success going into an all-SEC schedule. That's not ideal. But like I've said, since that Florida win, that Texas A&M would win out, they would go to a New Year's Six Bowl, and that's what this program needs to really turn and start this upward trajectory for being a great and uh, and an elite football program and I think the buy-in of players you're seeing it that's what makes me happy and that's like my best moment of this year like 2020 being all the chaos and crazy it is it's going to be the year that people remember was the year that Texas A&M became elite it could be the year that they become elite it is one of those stories uh, of the year that the little guys or the never coulds did this right. year when you look at the Indiana right. when you look at the Texas A&M's when you look at the Iowa State despite not winning the Big 12 title the fact that right. they made it there in over 100 plus years it's shocking um you were able to see that I mean even even yeah even the coastal Carolinas like they're yes, they're yeah. allowed Cincinnati they're allowed to be in this conversation now and I think overall the biggest thing that I'm satisfied with is the fact that this year has opened so many people's eyes to the flaws that we knew existed, but they got dragged to the forefront of college football and things are gonna need to be addressed moving forward. And finally, we were in a position to make people start having those conversations. And I think that's what's important. Yeah, because you have uh, actual evidence now. You can say, look at what Indiana did. Look at what Ohio State uh, or Iowa State did in, in 2020. The little right. guys can't do it. The Louisianas don't. I, and we, I saw and you we beat need, UTSA this weekend. You right. guys can be a part of the conversation. Like, we need. We need to. This is America. This is America. This is and, America. Did you just America. drop an America yes. on the show? <laughs> this is America. It is the land of opportunity, or so we like to believe. Why isn't college football the same? I hope it, it I hope it goes this way. You know, you said it was a crazy train. Uh, you know, and by the way, you did nail Indiana. You get uh, given you props. Thank you talked you. about Michael Penix. And by the way, that outstretched arm of Penix to beat Penn State at the beginning of the year, one of the games of the year, the image of the year, one right. of them. You right. nailed them, you got it right. Um, and I, and for me, I, at the beginning of the year, I talked about the two mainstays because there was complete chaos throughout the train, but leading the train, just sipping their tea in a cabin made you know of, of trophies was Bama and Clemson they never right. really derailed even with losing to Notre Dame we all got to see that the true Clemson was not right. even tested by them but and like I, but I'm okay with it because that was that was the the one part 
of college football that we kind of needed. You know, there was so much chaos happening yeah. around that Clemson and Alabama being dominant, that provided a sense of normalcy, and they were almost the eye of the storm. They absolutely were. Um, and I think, I, I know I'm, I'm probably in the minority with this, but Bama-Clemson has been one of my favorite sagas in college football because I really don't think it's ever going to happen again. I've been watching this yeah. for almost, well, God, you know, almost 30 years now in my life. I've never seen anybody gotten close. I've seen the USC dynasty, saw right. the rise of the SEC. I saw the death of Miami and Nebraska, but I never saw two teams that are so different in culture and style yep. be able to maintain this for almost half a decade. And there's no end in sight for these, these programs. No. Um, and it's, I think the, the end in sight comes when Nick Staben decides to step down. Yeah. And Dabo Sweeney quits getting these amazing quarterbacks. Like everybody's hey, like Trevor already, Lawrence is gone, but DJU, it's got to be I, Hey, I already told you my rumor mill that Dabo is going to go with Trevor Lawrence With to Trevor, the NFL. To, well, you know what? Because now if he would if if the Jags do end up getting and securing Trevor Lawrence, maybe Dabo would go to Jacksonville. He wasn't going to New York. That is no. not a Dabo Sweeney town. Right. <laughs> that, that wouldn't but like, but you could see it because there Doug Marone is on a short leash with the Jags. And we don't know what's going to shake up at the end of the season. So I feel like if some calls were made and Dabo was willing to entertain those calls, I could totally see it. Maybe I'm not. I'm not going to say no because crazier things have happened. Uh, but it was, it, it, was, happened. it was it was it was awesome to see that. Uh, I'm trying to go through. You know, we asked our, our fans what some of their favorite moments were. Right. Um, Christopher uh, on Twitter said, you know, Michigan beating Minnesota for game day at the beginning of the year had high hopes for all those Wolverine fans. We talked about that. We said, don't be fooled by that. Uh-uh. That's a that's smokescreen. That ain't truth yep. that you just witnessed. And it wasn't. And then he followed up saying, watching Michigan just tank was his favorite part of the season. I mean, I believe it. My favorite part of the season was watching Texas implode. And I use, I use not – they didn't tank. They quite truthfully imploded from their locker room out. Yes, it did. Yes. It was um, great. I, yeah, everybody. If you're if you're a Longhorn fan, you got to take stock. Look outside your bunker. Mac Brown has North Carolina and a New Year's Six Bowl in year two. Texas A&M almost made it to the playoffs. Everybody else is succeeding. OU won a six straight championship. You let yep. Iowa State into the Big Twelve title game. What are you doing? Oh, you're it's playing time. Colorado in the Alamo Bowl. It's time to look under the hood. To have some self-reflection, right? That's yeah. It's what Coach yep. Urban Meyer said. The, the Longhorns yep. are hoping Xavier Meyer comes. Watch him go to the NFL and take over for Trevor Lawrence down in Jacksonville. <laughs> right. That might be a right. better fit. Um, but also, one of my favorite weeks I've got to mention before we get a, like overreaction was Week Ten, where Notre Dame beat Clemson, uh, Indiana yep. beat Michigan, um, Florida beat Georgia so, to secure the East, and and Biden yep. beat Trump. Wrapped up with Dave Chappelle on SNL. It was the craziest Saturday of the entire year. That was one of my right. favorite weekends. And, well, speaking of a lot of overreactions with all of that, um, Mr. Or <laughs> Mr. Mike Leach, talk about <laughs> the rise and fall of a program. Oh, my gosh. You know when you're at, like, I think it's Six Flags. They probably have it at Disney World, whatever. The ride that you get on it, and it just shoots you straight up in the sky, and then you slowly – it then all of a sudden it drops you down. Then you shoot up, and then it drops you down again. Yes. And the whole time it just feels like your heart is jumping into your stomach and out of your mouth. That's what I feel like Mississippi State was this year. Yeah, I mean, you get to the end of that ride, and then it, you're like, it's not that fun either. 
Right. And so it was like week one, they were, you know, people were like, oh shit, Mississippi State's going to be a team this year. There's some dogs. KJ Costello, he's going to ball out 600 yards, broke the SEC record, beat LSU, the defending national champs. Like, oh shit, what's happening? And then the next week they laid an egg and lost to Arkansas. It was, it was amazing to see just that it was such, like you said, it wasn't a slide. It was a fall. No, like it right. just, it was shocking. And then people left the program, yep. um, a ton of attrition because people were not on board with what Leach was doing. Um, and you and I almost thought, we, we talked about this privately of like, is Leach going to get fired in year one? Like it's the way it's it was wild. going. You're like, oh my God, this could actually be a thing. That was crazy. It was bad. Watching LSU's fall from grace. I think we all knew that they were overrated to begin the season. I, I, right. I think all of us knew they weren't a top 10 team. They're yeah. there just because of respect. But I don't think anybody saw what happened to them this year happening. That was one of the crazier things to see. Hey, but you know, they placed a bull ban on themselves oh, out course. of the goodness yes. of their hearts. What, what year is that bull ban for? This year, this year. Oh, oh, when everybody can go to a bowl? Everybody gets to go to a bowl. Okay, if, yeah. anything, if anything, LSU actually sc screwed another team's opportunity to play in a bowl game by placing the ban on themselves this year. That's true. What if it was them going to a bowl game instead of Army, which almost didn't get a bowl? Right. Oh, my right. gosh. That's what I'm it saying. It would have been awful. Yes. Um, yeah. But, but the, they were also in one of the games of the year, probably my favorite game of the year outside yeah. of Mormon's Mullets. Watching the Florida as a program this year was amazing. Dan Mullen is so cocky and all over the place. It's a disorganized yes. team. Kyle Trask was amazing. Kyle Pitts was amazing. But watching the shoe throw was the <laughs> pure, that was pure essence of college football wrapped up into a moment. That's what it's really about. It was. Stupid little things like that. That was an amazing. And, uh, and just like just the quick overreaction decisions and just kind of knee jerk decisions. That's what that shoe throw encompassed everything that college football is this year. Yeah. And it's especially Florida because Dan Mullen this year was like, we want that stadium packed. Dan Mullen gets COVID. And the, like their stadium. 30 players get COVID. They don't play for three weeks. Um, you and I and the rest of the world are scratching our heads watching Kyle Pitts, you know, perform tricks on the sidelines, do math and do normal human things. You're like, what, what is wrong with him that he can't play football right now? Yeah. He, he just didn't play. It was crazy. And then, and then unfortunately we'll get to this, but I mean, he's opted out of the bowl game. So we've seen the last of Kyle Pitts in a Florida uniform. Yes, we have. There's a few other Gators, I think, that you're going to mention that also opted out. Also, um, wait, this is kind of crazy. I saw this. Um, speaking of Kyle Pitts, he's the first ever tight end to also be a Bolintikov finalist. Yes. That's and that amazing. goes into what that goes into what we were talking about last week. Um, for those of you potentially listening for the first time, we last week went into a deep discussion of what is going to become of Kyle Pitts because some places you see he's 6'8", some places you see he's 6'6". Regardless, he's a huge human being. Think very much Megatron and are kind of Megatron 2.0, I guess. But his style of play is very much just an outside receiver. He's fast. He's quick. He is a big body. He wins those 50-50 balls. But at the end of the day, being a tight end in the NFL, you have to be a very skilled blocker as well. And we haven't seen much of him do that at Florida because they just simply didn't need him to, but it's going to be interesting. And, you know, the fact that the Bolintikoff award goes to the 
best receiver in the country. It's fascinating that he's a finalist both there and for the John Mackey Award, which goes to the best tight end. Because he's, yeah, it is. He's going to have to go to the right team, right? Like, I think we talked about right. this. Of He's got to be utilized. Because uh, uh, him and the inside passing game, a slot corner is too small for him. Linebacker right. is too slow to get him. He's going to be a nightmare there. Kind of like Gronk yeah. made his money just working uh, on that end seam. But you're right, right. Like, Florida, and we're going to talk about this in our breakdown of the Cotton Bowl versus Oklahoma, Florida does not run the football at all. No. Ever. So it is. I couldn't be, even uh, tell you their running back's name. No. And I've watched Florida play the whole season. I literally couldn't no tell clue. you right now what their no, running back's name is. No so that is interesting. But yes, Kyle Pitts not going to be playing, but the, he was one of the fun things to watch this year. And I got to admit it, Haley, I got a bunch of thing, things right on the show. You mainly got most of them right. I was wrong about the mailman. The mailman was, he was that, he was the hot shit for like two, three weeks. You were, you jumped on and off the mailman train. Well, I wasn't alone. So it, was a, it, was, it was a, it was a, it was a crowded wagon that I jumped on. Okay. We were all on the mailman train. It was and then, bad. Uh, and then he got your, de your decision to like the mailman. I want to, I, you know, I'm going to give you some credit though. I feel like you just were more entertained by the fact that his name was the mailman that's, that's versus, that's versus the it. fact of like actually believing that he was legit. I didn't. Yeah. I just liked the nickname. I thought it was yeah. funny. And it, he just <laughs> looked like a kid that didn't belong there at all, but yes. he was. And it was, it was like me playing for the Bulldogs at quarterback. I, I don't was, belong there. The Georgia Bulldogs are another team this year that was just like, maybe you should just forget about 2020. That's also a team like you, you talked to. I have a simmering hatred for Georgia. Um, <laughs> Texas played them a few years ago and beat them, and I, I really right. enjoy that. But I have a simmering for Georgia in that where Florida did falter this year, they at least won the East. Um, right. Where A&M had their missteps. Um, Iowa State had their missteps. Everybody in the top ten did. Georgia did nothing to deserve a top ten right. spot the entire year. And they're just basically getting it on the good graces of what they've done in the past, which is ridiculous. They, they, I mean, you can say the same for Ohio State. But Georgia, I mean, Georgia didn't even have a quality win. Neither did Ohio State. Just going to continue to hammer that one home. No, but yeah, It's true. But like, Georgia, at least Ohio State has won national championships. Georgia has not had a good bowl record. They have a terrible postseason <laughs> record um, outside of their run to the national championship. They deserve nothing in the top ten. It's like, it's like the – it's like the college football powers that be want them to be the next Alabama so bad because of the Kirby, because of the Kirby yes. smart story and you know how he was an assistant and now he's what he's doing at Georgia. It's like, they just, they want them to be the next dynasty so bad that they're giving them so much just a longer leash than other teams. And it's well, unfair like with a dog. It's unfair, but yeah. It is unfair. Wow. It's ridiculous. Um, so I'm starting to get a simmering hatred. Maybe we could ask people that after the show. Where, where's your hatred lie this year after 2020? We know where it is for you and A&M, obviously, yep. with Ohio State. Um, and I mean, and even for a while, like, I still don't, just to clarify, I still don't like Notre Dame either. They bother the hell out of me also. They did, but they were your pick to go to the playoffs. So you you were a victim okay. of your own prediction they were, there, Miss Graves. They were, they were my pick prior to witnessing the bullshit of their season. That's your so, fault. You willed them to the postseason. No, you believed okay. in them. But I think, I think the reason why I'm bothered by it, there's that word again, is because so of the fact that I expected more out of them. 
I wanted them to be a powerhouse and they weren't. And I still don't think they are. And they showed us, they showed us in the championship game that they are not, they have the potential to be a great team, which is why I said that they would likely be in the final four. And unfortunately I was right, but they still bother me because they leave so much on the table. They do. They do, but they're knocking on the door, as as Brian Kelly said. They're there, and I think yeah. they've had a good showing this year. Um, yeah, I was mad at the Florida Gators, who I picked to go to the playoffs. You guys had every chance to to go there, and you squandered it mm-hmm. every yeah. corner. Mm-hmm. That so, was just—I feel like that was just a an oversight on your part. <laughs> I was right about Kyle Trask. I thought the Gators would win the East. They did. I did not foresee all the other dumb bullshit that they decided to participate <laughs> in this year. I didn't know. That they would go that way. It's Dan Mullen uh, and the Florida Gators. I don't know what else you expected. Well, now, well, now I they're, know. Now I know not, not to trust in Dan. They are not a finely tuned machine. <laughs> no, they're God. They're just winging it every game. Yes, yes. It was they're, ridiculous. They're sitting on the Kyle Trask laurels. That's did, what they're doing. Like struggled against LSU, but then gave Bama their best fight of the year. I don't know. Right whatever um and that's kind of what the bowl schedule looks like Haley when we we look at these yep. games we're going to run through these I want to get your uh, uh quick picks on who you think is going to win and then we'll move on to the playoff discussion we're even though if you cool. guys think you know like we're, we're probably picking Alabama and Clemson I think they're going to go yeah. differently than uh some people think and definitely want to dive into that okay. um so today uh as we uh end our show with our ball preview in the playoffs it is Tuesday in two and a half hours is the Cheez-It Bowl. The big one, everybody's <laughs> waiting for it. Oklahoma State, Miami. If you told me this game would be a, a game at the beginning of the year, I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm, I'm in for that. A little bit different yeah. now because this is going to be the story. Um, Oklahoma State is minus Chuba Hubbard, which is massive. Obviously, one of the best running backs in the country. Right. Miami's uh, two starting defensive ends. They're going off to prepare for the NFL. As we mentioned, De'Ara King is going to be back, which is great. Cameron Harris will be there. Brevin Jordan is going to be there, uh, but these are not full strength teams. And most of these bowl games are going to kind of look like that. I think Miami takes this one. I've honestly not been impressed with Oklahoma state once this year. There's not been a game that I was just like, that is a good football team. They have good players on that team as a collective. They have not played good football. And that's why I think Miami takes this one. Miami has all the momentum. Yeah, I, I like oh. Miami in this one. Uh, uh, Vegas is favoring Oki by a point right now. But like you said, the, folks, Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace, and Spencer Sanders should have been a poor man's Mac Jones, Najee Harrison, Devontae yes. Smith. Like, they were never utilized this year. Tylen right. Wallace had a quiet year. Chuba did too. Like, it's it's a frustrating thing watching Oklahoma State football. Yeah. That's why I like Miami Chuba. Shuba did not have the year that he needed to have for coming no. back. Uh, Okie State did not have a great year. And then uh, the game tonight, Big 12 after midnight, is um, Colorado taking on Texas. Longhorns are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in the Alamo Bowl. Sam Ellinger is going to be there, of course, because it's his 20th year at Texas. But Joseph Osai <laughs> is out. Uh, two wide receivers of Brennan Eagles and Tariq Black have opted out. Sam Cosby. Texas legit has almost like 10 players who have opted out of this bowl game. So I don't even know yes. who's playing for them. I have no idea. I also don't know shit about Colorado. Going to be completely honest there. So I think think that is the (laughs) that's what everybody says when they've talked about Colorado this year. Literally that line. I don't know shit about Colorado. Yes, 
don't, I couldn't, no idea. Um, so just because of that, I'm going to say Texas gets this win. It's, it's very fitting for Texas. And I almost think that they win this big. They're going to play for, they're going to play hard for Sammy. They still have a talented roster. You can't deny the fact that Texas has talented players that choose to go there by, I still can't figure out why, but they choose to go there. And I think this is the game that people, people always do it. This is Texas's MO. They're going to come out, have a huge, I mean, huge bowl game win. And then people are going to be convinced that, oh, this is the Texas team that we've been waiting to see. This is the team that we're going to get next year. And that's going to end up somehow saving Tom Herman's job for another year. And it's just going to be this same cycle that keeps repeating for Texas. And it is glorious. It, it, it's a mystery as to why it happens. <laughs> why, why kids come to Texas and then we do the Texas is back bullshit and they don't do good. Um, I do know one thing about Colorado. They got a kid named Jared Broussard who's rushed for almost 800 yards, which is an eyebrow raiser considering that Colorado's played only like five games. So this guy's right. good um, yeah. for Pac-12. So I have no idea. But Texas That's what I'm saying. You don't know. Who knows? Um, right. I, I'm picking the Longhorns, as you said. They'll win this game. Sam Ellinger will come back. Texas is going to get Urban Meyer. And, and they're going to win the national championship next I year. Honestly wouldn't be, I honestly wouldn't be surprised even as a score between, I'm feeling like 41 to 52 Texas and give me like a 13 to 23 Colorado. Okay. So low scoring affair if the buffs are winning this one. That makes sense. Um, okay. So Texas on that one. We're both picking Miami so far. You and I are on the same page. Wednesday, we have the Duke Mayo Bowl. That is Wisconsin's seven and a half point favorite against Wake that Forest. That is the worst bowl game name. Worst bowl game name. I think it's one of the best because it's just, it's, it's weird. Awful. Mayonnaise is a weird thing to me. That's what I'm saying. I don't it's enjoy it. It's very strange. It, it's gross. We need, um, we need the Mahomes ketchup bowl. Mahomes ketchup is much better. Yes, that's fine. Uh, or a mustard. I'd take that. A mustard bowl would be good. Um, but Wisconsin, they had high hopes at the beginning of the year. This was a team that yeah, shot did. right out of the cannon. Graham Mertz lighting the world on fire. Oh my God, Wisconsin has a quarterback. Then literally every Badger gets COVID. Their season's pretty much done after that. They lose to Northwestern. Um, and yep. as far as Wake Forest, I don't really know a lot what they got going on. They got cool unis. So that's the thing. Don't know shit about Wake Forest, but I'm going to root for them in this one simply because the Rams starting quarterback this weekend came from Wake Forest. And because of that, I'm going to go Wake Forest. What's his name? John Wolford. John, John Wolford? That's a, that's John a, Wolford. John Wolford. That's a solid name. I like that. He's I'm got not, some Doug Flutie comparisons. Doug so, Flutie. You know. can, what is he going to drop or, kick an extra point against Wisconsin? <laughs> Um, I'm taking Badgers in this one. <laughs> okay. All That's right. all you need to know about that game. <laughs> That's all you need to know about that game. Uh, this, the next one on Wednesday, this is kind of a big one that you and I have our eyes on. This is Oklahoma. I'm excited for this game. Versus Florida and the Cotton Bowl. Oklahoma is a three-point favorite. This is the second time only these teams have met. The first time was back in 08, 12 years ago in the national championship game. Sam Bradford, Tim Tebow. Um, so this, this is an interesting one. Obviously, we've been talking about Florida for a, you know, a good portion of the show, so you kind of know their MO. But Oklahoma has had a quiet year and gotten way better. Obviously, they struggled at the beginning right. of the year, but once they got some guys back from suspension, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, a running back, and specifically Ronnie Perkins on that defensive line, OU's been playing right. pretty good football. See, I'm so conflicted on this one because – 
it bothers me to no end when a Big 12 team beats an SEC team because I think they're just in two completely different leagues. But Oklahoma is my team. If if I had to if I had to go to war for a team in the Big 12, it's going to be Oklahoma. I've said that throughout the show that I still was high on Oklahoma. I thought they would have growing pains. They did, but they ended up turning it around, doing what Oklahoma does. Again, it comes back down to culture. I think the culture there speaks so highly and they have such a strong foundation and what Lincoln Riley is doing with that program is very, very impressive and how he gets his guys prepared week in and week out. And unfortunately, I'm going to say it, I think Oklahoma gets this win. Um, I think it just adds to the whole summary that the SEC had it down here. Florida's not that good. And as we mentioned, Kyle Pitts is not playing, but neither are two of their other starting wide receivers in Trevon Grimes and Kadarius Toney. So they're down several weapons on offense when, as we know, all they like to do is this air raid with Kyle Trask and his big arm. Not only that, on the defense side of the ball, cornerback Marco Wilson hasn't officially announced it, but a lot of reports coming out saying that he's not going to play. So Florida's taken some big hits, and these Oklahoma players have every incentive to play and finish the year very strong. Getting that Cotton Bowl win is a very good statement on what many would say was a down year air quotes for Oklahoma. Yeah, down year, you know, started off the year uh, the worst they'd ever done since 2000. And yep. then, of course, they ended up with a Big 12 title. I completely agree with you. For Florida, this game has potential. I just don't care. Dan Mullen could be looking elsewhere. Right. Kyle Trask is moving on to the next level. I don't know if the focus is going to be there. So many opt-outs. Right. Oklahoma has everybody back. And specifically, mentioning again, Ronnie Perkins. Since he has come back, that Oklahoma defensive front has been second in the nation in stopping the run. Their pass rush has been phenomenal. That is something that Florida hasn't seen this year. And, you know, Haley, this is the SEC had a down year. I think we all know that. But I think the thing they really had a down year, except for two teams, and really just one team, A&M had a really right. good defense. Um, there was a lack of defensive stars. So I went to go look because right. I, I, I got curious about this. I went to go look at the All-American one, two, and right. three, first, second, third team. SEC only had one person, first team, all defense. Zero in second team, and there was three on third team, but all those were from Alabama. Compared right. to last year, there was five first team All-Americans defensively from the SEC. So we saw such a – there was an attrition on that side of it throughout the league. But if you think yeah. about it, Haley, watching every game, what SEC team has a good pass rusher? Like nobody. No, right. no, no team had a face at this year. I think Florida could be in really big trouble. That's going to be the best yeah. defensive front that they've seen. That's going to be tough to spot, stop. The big question, though, I think maybe is your confliction where it is with mine of does Spencer Rattler has been great, but my God, does he turn it over at the worst times, been careless with the ball in big moments, and that's where they've lost their football games this year in Kansas State and Iowa State is a turnover battle. But I, But I don't think that – Florida is not a ball hawk team. Their best corner, as I just mentioned, is out. So I have very low expectations for Florida, but I still am definitely going to tune into this one because I want to see where Oklahoma finishes the season, just looking towards next year. And I'm still excited about this one. I would recommend people to watch this one. I think the Cotton Bowl every year, just for whatever reason, is one of the best New Year's Six games. So I'm going to tune in. I'm excited for it.
I think it's going to be a good game too. I think it's going to be sloppy. I think it's going to be exciting. I think it comes yep. down to a bonehead play. This is a trailer trash special up in Big D. How can you miss Facts. out on this? Come on. Because um, then after that, it gets a little slim pickings. Thursday, you have the Armed Forces yep. Bowl. Tulsa, Mississippi State. Tulsa's a two-and-a-half-point dog – or favorite, excuse me, over Mississippi I honestly, State. Miss, Mississippi State's losing. Mississippi State losing. Not even – not yeah. even – yeah, not even a question. Mississippi State. Tulsa in that, that one. Uh, Arizona yep. Bowl, we have Ball State, San Jose State. San Jose State went undefeated this year. They're a nine-and-a-half point favorite. I think we're choosing them. Oh, definitely. Nick Starkle, former Texas A&M Aggie. He's going to take those San Jose State whatevers Woo-hoo. to an undefeated season. They got there it. Go. Is that, uh, Shout out to the, you, Nick Starkle. You do this. That's the – you do the thing, right? You, you do the wave and then – Giggle, oh, yes, go Aggies. And then oh. I started something I shouldn't have started. <laughs> Liberty Bowl Army taking on West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia is a seven-point favorite. They are going to lose to Army, who almost got left out of the postseason despite uh, having their best year in God knows how long. You know what? I like that. Yes, we're choosing Army in that one. Texas yeah, Bowl, like Arkansas, that. TCU. TCU is a four-point one- favorite. I don't like no, that. yo, this one intrigues the hell out of me. I'm not even going to lie. This game for, I don't know what it is about this game. I am excited for it. And I'm really not even, I don't have anything against TCU. I don't, I don't care one way or another for either of these teams, but Arkansas did some shit this year. They finally decided to show up and play college football. And so because of that, I hope Arkansas gets their win. They absolutely deserve it this year. In a very strange year, Arkansas decided to play football, and I want that. I want to see them get this bowl win. I think it's going to be a tight one too. I think you look at Coach yeah. Pittman; he everybody loves that guy. Gary Patterson, I will tell you, is the best X's and O's coach in the Big Twelve. Yep. Period. Uh, they have similar quarterbacks: Felipe Franks, who came from Florida down in Arkansas, yep. and Max Duggan at TCU are guys that can make plays with their feet. Um, Duggan, they, they got bad bad boy images, you know. So you got that going for you. Uh, yep. So have fun with the Texas Bowl. And then on Jan 1, we get into the bigger ones. Georgia, Cincinnati, David versus Goliath. I have to say Georgia's Goliath, even though they're really not. They're very small, short, chubby Goliath. They ain't some mountain man. This, this game is also intriguing because when was the last time? No, since he won barely last week against Tulsa. They did. They did, yeah. Um, In their championship game. It was a close one. Um, but prior to that, since he hadn't played in weeks, we know that they have a super talented and diverse quarterback who typically all season has been their both their leading passer and leading rusher. He gets it done on the ground, which is going to be, I think, unique for a Georgia defense to see. But Georgia, if you want everyone to stop talking shit about you and take you seriously, show up. Show up, do what you need to do in this bowl game. That's all I'm asking. I'm just asking you to play Georgia Bulldog football, and I will lay off of you until next year. I think everybody's looking at that. Everybody is rooting for Cincinnati outside of the state of Georgia. Like, everybody wants to see them get it done. No. Honestly, I I want Georgia to completely. What is wrong with you? Why are you so against the little guy? You you know, A&M has one good year, and now you think you're a blue blood? No. No, don't do that. I'm not. I am not against the little guy. You elitist. I. I'm not against the little guy, but in this situation, this little guy was one that people were trying to argue saying should have gotten in even over A&M. 
which I still disagree. So I don't want Cincy to get their face pushed in. I want it to be a competitive game, but I do want Georgia to take care of business. You're you're mean. You're a mean. You're a mean woman. I'm going. I'm with America. We're going for Cincinnati. Let's go Bearcats and sweaty Luke Fickle. But in Desmond fairness, Ritter. that's what I want. In fairness, if Cincy doesn't make it competitive, and if Cincy truthfully doesn't even win, like the whole hopes of the group of five is truly resting on Cincinnati's shoulders. It is now. Now that Coastal Carolina kind of shit the bed, everybody's like, oh, right. God, guys, we got to get this together. But I'll tell you what, Vegas only having Georgia as a seven-point favorite, that's a lot of respect for Cincinnati. That is, yeah. a, that is a G5 team playing an SEC team, and they're only right. a touchdown behind. That's, that's, pretty, that's a big deal. Um, I, I'm picking Cincy for the upset. I, I don't know if it's going to happen. Georgia just plays the most woeful brand of shitty, boring football that you've ever seen. Um, See, give, Desmond Ritter Georgia, is just so much fun to watch. Georgia, midway through this year, I would have said, no shot. They're losing this ball game because they didn't have an offense. But with JT Daniels coming in, they've found a spark on their offense. They're put together quality wins on the back half of the season. So – it's, this is this is going to be an interesting one. It's definitely going to be a lot more interesting than the next one. It is, which is Auburn-Northwestern. <laughs> uh, this is a trap game for the for the Tigers again. I mean, you would say that if Gus Malzahn was still the head coach, but he's not. I don't even know who's coaching this game. I think it's going to be Kevin Steele. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure they're defensive coordinators. They're um, head coach. Uh, Northwestern is a three-point favorite with a branded defense that they play. You imagine that favorite comes from seeing how well they played Ohio State. Auburn was in a similar situation last year when they went to go play a Big Ten team that nobody gave a lot of credit in Minnesota, and they got boat yep. road. Does it happen back-to-back -back years? Yes. I can <laughs> tell you that I won't watch this game. Um, I have no interest in this game. It's actually probably one of the bottom on my list. I would rather, if Arkansas TCU was playing at the same time as Auburn Northwestern, I would watch Arkansas TCU. That's how I feel about this game. I just think Auburn is one of those teams that week in and week out, you still don't know who they are. You don't know what they can bring to the table. And it's very frustrating. They have a great, great freshman running back and Tank Bigsby. But aside from that, like you just don't, Auburn has no identity and at least Northwestern, they know who they are. They're going to show up. They're going to play their type of football and their type of football is tough to play against because it's so different. And, you and know, everybody I, got to see that against Ohio right. State, how different it really was. Right. And so, and again, with their win over Wisconsin, to solidify them in the Big 12 championship game, Northwestern is playing good football, and especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I think Northwestern wins this one. I truly do. Auburn is kind of a pool of chaos right now. They're in the middle. They already got their new head coach. They're in the middle of changing over regimes. So, yeah, give Northwestern this one, and I wouldn't bother watching. Yeah, until Brian Harrison gets there to figure things out. I, I think right. Auburn, you got you because you mentioned it, Haley, like what's your identity? We don't know who we are. Well, you can't spend too long on Bo Nix trying to figure that out. Like, I think you got enough now to know exactly what Bo is. I don't think he's going to be the next savior. I think yeah. he's just the he's the next in line, unfortunately, of a guy that just didn't pan out. If you're still searching for Cam Newton, you've got to stop. It's not going right. to happen. You need right. to go a different direction because it's just you're just not going to catch lightning in a bottle twice like that. Um, I like Northwesterners too. If you want, this is the equivalent, like if you went to hell and you had to watch college football, this is the game that would be on in hell of two teams that don't know how to play offense. There will be maybe 20 points total in this football game. It'll be awful. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah. With you. This will be the worst bowl of the entire bowl season. This one, it's like if you love college football, as both Tyler and I do, I will absolutely check into the box score. I will. Oh, yeah, yeah. I will pay. Sure. I will acknowledge the game is going on, but I will not sit on my couch and waste my life watching this game. <laughs> we feel very much the same way on that. It is a wasting of a life to watch that game. Uh, it could be the next game too. The Gator Bowl, basically, January second. Basically, I couldn't think of a worse way to start twenty twenty one than watching our Auburn Northwestern. That is that that That's, is a game like, that will probably sum up this year just how shitty and awful it was. Right. Like why why put that kind of energy into your 2021 it can that that's a game to put forward yeah that's a game that needed to be played on like wednesday or thursday when it's still needed to be played last week is when they should have played that game nobody wants to see that yeah um i don't know who really wants to watch the gator bowl nc state who's a two and a half point favorite over kentucky both teams play a good brand of defense um outback bowl old miss versus indiana indiana's an eight point favorite Um, that game's gonna be spicy Without Michael Penix, though, without Michael Penix, hey, it's, it's unfortunate hey. that he doesn't get to be there. Right, but their backup quarterback did a pretty good job when he came in at the end of the season. He's mobile. He's tall, lengthy. He can he gets the job done. He has a big arm. This one is going to be fun. I think Indiana is in the headspace that they need to get this win to solidify their great season and show that they were deserving and should have gotten more recognition than they did. So I think Indiana is going to come out and play this game really, really hard. But then the Ole Miss Rebels, I feel like they play every game by the seat of their pants. And it's like, Hey, let's just, let's just create some chaos. Let's just throw some shit down the field. And Matt Corral is a really good quarterback and him and Lane Kiffin as a pair is dangerous. So that's why I think this game, this, I actually couldn't have picked a worse opponent for Indiana to play in a bowl game. Yeah. I, I know that they're an eight point dog or eight point favorite, but I think that's bad. I think I got yeah. to miss in this one. It, it, like you said, I think it's a terrible matchup for Indiana. Right. Um, Lane Kiffin. Well, honestly, Ole Miss is a bad matchup for anyone. Remember they, they are, they, they are. Yeah. They, they went, it was what, I don't know the final score, but I'm just going to, fake one it was like 51 53 when they played Alabama yeah they put up points and it's right I, I don't think Indiana has the the horses to run with them um Lane Kiffin will dial up something fun and I think yeah. that if we're looking at comparing the state of Mississippi the state of Mississippi right now uh things in Oxford are going much better than Starkville yes. I think yes. that this this experiment in Old Miss might actually work Yes, um, this game will be fun I will tell you people yeah. if you don't know shit about Ole Miss you don't know shit about Indiana watch this game because it will just be entertaining football. I think so. The next game, not so sure. Iowa State versus Oregon. I don't even really want to break down this bowl game. I think, number one, Iowa State, congratulations on your year. It was an amazing year. You have no business being in a Fiesta Bowl. You have no business being in a New Year's Six Bowl with three losses without a conference championship and you lost to Louisiana. You're out. Oregon shouldn't be there either. Because they Facts. didn't even win their own division. Yeah, Washington but did. They, they were a sub in for the Pac-12 championship game. None but of these, they these teams shouldn't be here. Right. This game should not exist. This should be a blip. This is a, what are the, you know, in those movies when it's like something happens in the world, they call them anomalies. When something happens in the world that's not supposed to happen, that's what this game is to a T. But with that said, it's going to be fun because who's this game going to look? I feel like this game will be worse for Oregon if they lose. And Iowa State has nothing to lose. No, we're not breaking down this game. 
They don't deserve to be here. You look at the team you just talked about, Indiana, who actually was competitive this year. They deserve yes. a spot over Oregon. This Oregon, is true. Oregon is the Pac-12 champ with an asterisk. They, yes. They're not the real champs. This game is You're ridiculous. Right. You're right. It's I would have rather a silly game. I Oregon gets a pass for me simply because, in fairness, they when you look up Wikipedia in 10 years, you're going to see who won the Pac-12 in 2020, oh and Oregon's God. name is going to be there. So all these asterisks, while they exist, this whole damn season could have a big-ass asterisk on it. And Oregon, because of that, deserves to be there. I agree with you, Iowa State. You had a hard-fought season. This is the best football you've played in a while. Absolutely. But I do agree with you that Iowa State and Indiana should have been switched. Yes. But with that said, okay, with that said, because we've done it for every game, who's getting the win in this game? Uh, Iowa State, I guess, because they got everybody there. (laughs) Brees Hall, I don't know. But the way that Brock Purdy, I don't know, Brock Purdy's thrown up those amazing sharp passes for the best quarterback in the Big 12, like he did against Oklahoma, then it's Oregon by by a thousand miles. I hope hope that Brees Hall shows up, plays well, and has a badass final game. That, that I would like. And also Matt Campbell will be his final right. game as a Cyclone when he goes on to wherever he's going to go on to next. Right, right. Um, like, there's nothing about Oregon that makes me want to root for you, that makes me hopeful know. for well, you. We like, just have no, we have no tape on you. We have no, right. we don't really know anything we know, about you. We know your floor and we know your ceiling. You beat That's a it. bad USC team and you're a bad football team too. I have no idea what yeah. you are. It doesn't matter. Um and Orange, for the game, yes. for the game of the week. The game of the week, potentially the game of the postseason, because I think there's so – this is one of the games that we, as, a, as we uh, – before we get into the playoffs, which we're going to do next, this game has the most meaning. So much is at stake here. Texas A&M, UNC in the Orange Bowl. Just, A&M, it, it's just the storylines of this game. Like people, you, The amount of people, like, you want Texas, Texas A&M, Texas to happen again, this is it. It's kind of it's it's a small this Texas A&M Texas. It is yes. A this bit. is it because the last time Texas A&M Texas played, it was with against Mac Brown. It was so Mac Daddy. this That's is right. this is as close as you're going to get to that. <laughs> and I mean, I'm I'm nervous, but I'm excited, and I'm excited because I really appreciate the mentality that this Texas A&M football team has going into this game. Especially, this team acknowledges what has happened in the culture at Texas A&M this season. They acknowledge what has happened in the locker room. They've, this week, you know, you have press conferences all throughout the week, different players talking, and they recognize the fact that not only was that Florida game huge for the program itself, but it really was a light switch. A light bulb went off in that locker room, and they saw what they can be in the type of caliber of players they have. And after that game, they played damn good football, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And what I really respect about them is they're not looking past the moment. They're living in it. They're acknowledging the fact that UNC has a strong ground game, which I know you'll get into in a second. They may not for the bowl game, but notoriously this season they have. They also have Sam Howell who can rip the ball through the air very well. So A&M's defense especially is acknowledging the fact that they need to stay key on their positions and get the job done. And that's what Texas A&M has done this entire season. Their mentality has play to the next week and get the job done. And I feel good. It's so hard for me to say that, but I do feel good about Texas A&M going into this one. 
I think you should feel good for the most part. Uh, Texas A&M yeah. is a seven and a half point favorite over Mac Brown's Tar Heels. And like you said, they're down. They're two starting running backs. Of course, Sam Howell's going to be there. They had a bunch of opt-outs because they had such a good year. Mac Brown is able to turn around North Carolina from last year, almost beating Clemson, going to the first bowl game in four years, to year two, right. to a New Year's Six Bowl. UNC's right. back. It ain't Texas who's back. It's Mac Brown who's back. And right. I I think Mac is going to – nobody knows how to get up guys better for a bowl game than Mac Brown. It's, he, he's a wizard with that. This game, to me, Haley, comes down to I think a is going to play good defense. I think a is going to run the ball. Yeah. I think North Carolina is going to score some points. If Kellen yeah. Mond was ever going to shine the brightest he could possibly shine this year, now is your time. You haven't That's, had your game this year. You, you really haven't had your moment. This, this is it, bud. This is your last right. shot to do it. Put, put a stamp on a really good career at A&M, that's what I'm looking for. I think if Kellen Mond can – I don't want to see Kellen Mond just throw for 150 yards. Show me right. the Kellen Mond that, that took it to LSU in seven overtimes. Where's that guy? Right. That's what I would no, like to and, see. No, and I agree. I agree. The, the part that makes me hesitant and nervous is the Kellen Mond factor. I've watched him play for four years, and I'm, I still feel the same way when he steps on the field as I did when he was a freshman because you just don't know – you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what he's going to do. Sometimes his sometimes his decision making has improved, but I agree with you. It's going to come down to Kellen Mon and the type of legacy that he wants to leave at Texas A&M. And I will say that his strength, his leadership, and his mentality as well have grown substantially, especially this season. So I think he is in a good headspace to take it to UNC, do what he needs to do, and finish out his career at Texas A&M which, with a huge win, leading the team to the highest rank that they will finish since forever, let's be honest, for fucking ever. And I think that's what he needs to do. And I think that he's, I think he's ready for that. I hope so. Because uh, I think right now he, he plays like a close second to Johnny Manziel as far as like your all-time favorite Aggies. Right. I love the brand of football Kellen Mond plays because of everything you said, right. his leadership. Him and Sam Ellinger are very similar people. The way that they right. lead, the way that they 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 have battled through adversity, um, and you also don't really know what you're going to get. Um, but I want to see Kellen take that next step because you know Matt Same. Brown's going to come out, like you said, Sam Howell's going to be whipping that thing around. It's going to be a tough yep. offense for the Aggies to stop. Um, but that'll yeah. be a fun. I, I feel game. like this game, this game to me is going to be very A and M Florida esque. It's. I think so too. I I think it could be. I, I don't the seven and a half by A and M. I like it to be like a three point game. Yeah. Agreed. I was going to say the same thing. I see it. Down to the I wire. see it being. Yep. I see it being a win by a field goal. High scoring in the third in the thirties. Maybe we'll touch the forties, but for sure. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. for sure a field goal. Um. All right. So now we're to it. Now we're to the big boys to wrap up our show and wrap up the last show of 2020 with yep. uh, the 2020 playoffs. We, for the most part, know these teams pretty well. You know the names, Alabama and Clemson, uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State, and how everybody got here. So let's just kind of jump into it. Notre Dame taking on Alabama. Alabama is a 14-point favorite in the Rose Bowl in Dallas, which is so weird and odd. Um, (laughs) And uh, we have Clemson, who is a seven-point favorite, which I think is low, against Ohio State uh, um, in the Sugar Bowl. So when we look at Notre Dame and Alabama – You know, a lot of people are going back, Haley, to 2012 when they played the national championship when, you know, we have uh, Manti Teo and his fake girlfriend taking on Bama. (laughs) That wasn't even a contest. Do you think it is more of a contest this time around? 
No. Give me something. If you're a Notre Dame fan, you got to give them something to believe in. No, because I don't like Notre Dame. I don't think they deserve to be there. I don't think that they've played quality enough football. Um, I think if they were playing Clemson again, they would put up more of a fight than what they're going to put up against Alabama. I disagree. I actually think this one can be a little close. Like Bama's going to win this game. Don't get me wrong, folks. I'm not, I'm not going to be that crazy to pick Notre Dame. But I think Notre Dame has something that Bama hasn't really seen this year uh, outside of Texas A&M's defense week two, which I don't think was in full right. form. Um, no. It is a really good defense by Notre Dame and a running attack that is also really strong. If Notre Dame is able to but think about it. run All the they ball have to with do Karen Williams – but they, they, they literally just couldn't against Clemson, and you cannot tell me that Clemson's defense is better than Alabama's, if not very similar. I so, Actually, I think Clemson's I, defense is better than Alabama's. See, I think Alabama's defense has come on strong on the back half of the year. I think they're going to be able to stop the run. That's the one thing in SEC football you know how to do is stop the run. And I think they're going to be able to do that. this year. I, I, th- I think that's where it is. I mean, that's we're yeah. going to know. You're going to know pretty early on in this game. If Notre Dame is able to run the ball effectively and keep it close, maintain the clock, maybe they got a shot. Maybe they and can I mean, be in they, a puncher's distance. They almost – this isn't even a if, if or or. Like, they – have to run the ball well because that opens that opens up things and takes pressure off of Ian Book because you don't you also he's another guy you don't know which Ian Book is going to come to play you don't and it's got to be you know if you're Notre Dame you got to go back to that Clemson game and you got to be able to get Ian Book mobile move him around you can just chip 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 away Notre Dame's game plan should be hold on to the ball for as long as humanly possible keep Devontae Smith and Najee on the sidelines and if right. you're, you know, if you're Notre Dame, you got to take one of the monsters away. Who are we attacking or who can we attack and try and go there? Can we get pressure on Mac Jones? Can we slow down Najee Harris? Can we double team Devontae Smith and just, we'll just take our chances because you can't let all those right. guys run free. You got to go somewhere. So the chances are slim, right. yeah, for Notre Dame. But if they can run the football and, and just be that, you know, slow, methodical drives and keep it within a touchdown, they got a shot. I will be very satisfied if the pattern of Notre Dame and the fact that they have been outscored 144 points by their opponent since 1998 in any BCS title or New Year's Six game they have played, I think that that is what Notre Dame does. I think that's who Notre Dame is, and I think that's going to continue. It's, it's going to be, you know, the scary thing about this game, Haley, um, is that we really are going to learn quickly. If, if Notre Dame goes three and out to start the game, let's say they get the ball, they're in trouble. Alabama will most likely score on their first drive. If right. Bama goes and up by two scores, this thing is going to get off the rails. It's just not going to Right, and, and, and you think about the two teams that have played Alabama the closest, being Ole Miss and Florida. They are both teams that sling the ball around like nobody's business. And we said early in the season that Alabama's – linebackers were very suspect this year that Mm -hmm. that was definitely the weak level of their defense but aside from their baby Gronk there's no one for Ian Book to really air the ball out to so if Alabama just focuses on stopping the run like Notre Dame doesn't have another answer they don't it's I mean so that's where it is we're gonna see I think that Notre Dame can run the football on them can they do it consistently enough to keep this thing close 
Um, we're going to see, but we'll learn quickly. Um, but yeah, it's a tough test for Notre Dame, without a doubt. I think you and I are both going to be picking Alabama in this one. Uh, yep. I don't know if it's going to be 14 points, though. We'll see. I'm thinking Alabama, or Notre Dame can show up and put up a better fight than they did against Clemson. But Alabama's okay. winning by 17. By 17? All right. I'm, yep. I'm going to pick... I'd be stupid if I, I should go pick over two. I would be dumb. They're going to win by like 30. <laughs> They're going to get destroyed. Oh, no. Your uh, tone just changed so much when you started really thinking about it. <laughs> fucking Bama's averaged 39 points in their past three games in the first half. Uh -huh. Yeah. Damn it. Well, sorry. No, I, Notre Dame, I tried. I tried to be positive. You really if, you can, <laughs> if you can run the football and keep it, keep it close, you got a shot. But I guess that's how every football game goes. And then Clemson, Ohio State, Vegas only likes the Tigers by seven. Um, we're coming into this game, obviously, knowing a bunch of storylines. One is Justin Fields and his poor play in the two biggest games he's had this year. He's thrown under 60%, 52% to be exact. He's had five interceptions in those games. And we, you and I were both on the same page. That performance against Northwestern should have disqualified them from the postseason specifically yes. because Justin Fields was that bad. And I know Buckeye fans, Chris Olave wasn't there. Garrett Wilson was. Trey Sermon is yeah. running the ball fine. I, I, give me your thoughts on how, uh, well, how this game's going to go. I think that Clemson's going to take it to Ohio State. I really do. I don't think, at the end of the day, I just do not think Ohio State has played enough football to be prepared and ready for this game. That's really what it comes down to. And it's funny, you know, they asked Dabo Sweeney about preparing for Ohio State, he said, it'll be a quick study for us because they only played six games. And he's not wrong. You know, all of, all of Dabo's statements have been really, really, um, they've been very comical. You know, he's had to do some backtracking, but then he's also tried really hard to compliment them at the same time. So it's almost painful every time Dabo has had to talk about Ohio State because we know that he doesn't think they deserve to be there. And I think that in itself, I think Dabo is going to want to prove a point that Ohio State did, had no business being there. I think Dabo is going to have Clemson ready to roll, ready to get to that national championship game. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be fired up, especially to play in another game like this. You know, he has the NFL to look forward to, but I also think that he's done an incredible job of staying very grounded and playing for the moment, not looking past it. And I think that's what he's going to do against Ohio State. I think they're going to get embarrassed. Their secondary has been poor, this year at some sometimes it's we've wondered if they've even been on the field so i think that i think this game is going to be a little bit of a bloodbath i think it might be too i think and it's especially i will say especially too because yes trey sermon did what he did against northwestern but again he did what he did against northwestern and that was kind of like their secret weapon that they just let out of the bag and we saw how well we saw how well clemson stopped notre dame's run game I think that they're going to do the exact same thing to Ohio I don't State. know I don't know if it's a secret rep and I agree with you that they're going to stop it I, I think Trace I don't want to say he got lucky I just think that it was a talent over talent issue right um, right I don't think Trace Sermon's running for 330 yards against Clemson no I think no. he's a non-factor no. I think Master Teague is a non-factor um I think same. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave if Chris Olave is back to full strength they're going to present problems but I look at Justin yeah. Fields of my god where did your decision making go I have no faith that this is the same guy that we saw last year who was the most accurate quarterback in the country take it to Clemson. Yep. 
I, I have I don't have faith in him. I think Ryan Day, he's throwing his own fire into this thing, his fuel into this fire. He uh hinted at Clemson stealing signs defensively, saying that we never know what Britt Minivals is gonna call, just like you guys. We just don't know. Um, so this has become a, a neat little robbery. These teams hate each other. They do yep. not like each other. Yes. Um, and yes. we're going to see who really wins out. But I think you're right. I think Clemson at full strength, that defense, I think, is the best defense in the country, namely because of that defensive line. I think you saw yeah. that when Tyler Davis was there, when Breezy's there uh, doing his thing. That line is so damn talented. You got Skalski in the middle at linebacker behind them. They're, they're unstoppable. That defense is and Brent Venables when they were at full strength. I think the same thing, too. Ohio State, it's Sean Wade on an island defensively. That's pretty yeah. much the only person you can mention that's had a good year. Uh, Haskell up front has had a good year for Ohio State. But, yeah, yeah. It, they haven't played the games. And I think we'll see if you're right. If the college football gods punish Ohio State for saying, if you had played a full season, you'd know who you were and what your strengths are, but you haven't. And now Clemson's going to destroy and, you. And I feel like Ohio State is going to play like an angry toddler. They're going to they're going to play like they're stomping their feet around. We deserve to be here. We're going to prove to everyone that we deserve to be here. And the harder they play, the more frustrated they're going to get because nothing is get going their way. Nothing is going to give. And at the end of the day, they're just going to be a pissed off football team that everyone is saying you've got what you deserved. I completely agree with you. I think for folks who are hoping for round two of last year's game, which was an instant classic, this will not be the case. I will be shocked if Ohio State is even competitive in this thing in the second half. I think maybe it can be a back and forth for a little bit. And we've seen that with Clemson in the past. But when Clemson figures it out in the game, they take off. Go look at the national championship against Alabama. When they figure out what to do, they're gone. And that's what's going to happen this time around. So, and I right. think it, it lands on Justin Fields' shoulders. I don't care if he, I, yeah. I don't know. I think it's Ryan Day's upset. I think you're right about the tenor tantrums and whatnot. If Justin yeah. Fields plays like he did against Northwestern, he's going to fall in the draft. He's getting exposed right now. Um, right. So, and I think, I think Clemson is going to be ready and going to be prepared for Justin Fields. So I don't even necessarily know that it's going to be Justin Fields having to shoot himself in the foot. I think Clemson is just going to shut him down. I think so too. Um, and then that leaves us with Clemson and Alabama at the top, which if that happens to be the case, we'll preview that in the new year. So that's going to be it for today's yeah, show. We will. I guess last thing, Devontae Smith won AP Player of the Year, right? He did. So do you first think – First wide receiver – first – how crazy is this? First wide receiver to ever win it and the first ever player from Alabama to win it. That shocked me that he's the first AP Player over of the Year from Alabama. Julio, over Amari. That's yep. crazy, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think – do you think this is kind of like I – don't, I don't want to equate this too much in movies, but kind of like the Oscars were like – uh, that one picture wins all the other awards except for best picture. Do you think this is what it's like? Devontae's going to get, he's going to get the Belitnikoff and all these others and AP player of the year, but they give it to Trevor in New York. If, if they do that, then that's going to just expose college football even more. To me, I felt them giving Devonta Smith player of the year was their way of acknowledging. And, and it, when the news came out today, I was like, finally, the powers to be of college football did something right because he is without a question the best player in college football this year he played every single game that's not a slight to trevor lawrence because that was a situation he couldn't necessarily control right. but at the end of the day what devonta smith did this year we have not seen out of a wide receiver 
and there was not a quarterback that matched his level of performance. So I'm just hoping that the Heisman committee, whoever votes on that shit, that they do the right thing and they give it to Devonta Smith, even though I know they desperately want to give it to Trevor Lawrence, because as we mentioned, and as I said last week, the Heisman, I feel like will regret not associating their name and their trophy and their award with Trevor Lawrence. I think you're right. I think that's what's probably going to happen. And for what it's worth, 17 out of the 22 Heisman finalists that won the AP player of the year went on to win the Heisman. So who are those other ones that were left out though? I guess that's kind yeah, of a question, right? I know. So, but I think you're right. I think Devontae Smith, without a doubt, we've seen this year has been the best player. He's so much fun to watch. Uh, but your boy Trevor is the face of it. If you could split yep. the Heisman in two and give it to both of them this year, I think that'd be great. Um, and, but we'll and, see. And, like, and like we've said, for people to keep this in mind, the Heisman likes to say that it's not just about on-field performance. It's about what you've done off the field and your character as well. And that's what I think is going to edge out Trevor Lawrence to win because of everything that he did off the field this season as well. That's true. Either way, they're two great guys. I think all the finalists are well-deserved. I think it's really fun. I think the players are going to be great. I can't wait to see what your Aggies do against Mac Brown's Tar Heels. It's going to be a fun bowl season, so we'll let you guys get to it. Uh, If you're listening to the show right now and finishing it up, you should be tuning into Oklahoma, Miami as we speak. So anyways, we'll see you guys in the new year. All right. Bye, guys. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.